to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for our latest episode of the Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Our discussion for this podcast series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. Today, we will focus on three accomplished leaders within the pharmacy profession that just so happen to be Asian American. We are very fortunate to have these three pharmacy leaders who have had successful careers and contributed significantly to health system professional associations across the nation. Our conversation will focus on their professional journeys as pharmacists and leaders within their organizations. We will also be asking further perspectives about the future of pharmacy and how we can continue to support patient care, the profession, and practice advancement. My name is Audrey Nakamura, and I will be your host for the special edition of Leading for Practice, Career Directions, and Influencing Change. Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. With us today, we have Hannah Vanderpool, the Vice President of Office of Member Relations at ASHP. We also have Deepak Sisodia, Chief Pharmacy Officer at UCLA, University of California in Los Angeles. And finally, we have Arpit Mehta, Director of Pharmacy at Allegheny General Hospital in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Let's get started about today's topic by asking each of you to share your background and career journeys with an emphasis on those critical points in life that encouraged you to pursue a formal leadership roles in your careers. As my father once said, you do not take the journey, let the journey take you. And that is what makes life interesting and fun. So let's start with you, Hannah. Describe your journey. Thank you so much, Audrey, and um, it's a pleasure to be joining all of you with this podcast today. In terms of my career journey, I've been at ASHP for 25 years now, and I never expected to be at an organization for that tenure, much less a national pharmacy organization. In fact, as a student, I I was not the type of person to know what my five-year, 10-year career goals were, and so one regret I have is that I wish I had marinated on that a little more. I definitely have let that journey take me, which absolutely has been interesting and fun. But I feel like I could have at least steered one direction or another at the beginning of my career. But that being said, one thing that's been consistent since I was very young was this desire to volunteer in initiatives and to be part of a shared goal. I love to work towards a goal within a team. And so my senior superlative in high school was most likely to volunteer. And I think that's what led me to ASHP, where I get to work with member volunteers on a daily basis. But prior to ASHP, I was at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Pharmacy. I was a faculty member there, and I completed my residency training there as well. And it was in Chicago where I met some of my close mentors, and I developed an amazing network. And in fact, it was the executive director of ASHP's Illinois affiliate, the Illinois Council of Health System Pharmacists, who called me one day out of the blue to tell me about my very first position at ASHP, 
which was working with the student forum. And since then, I've worked as director of affiliate relations, I've worked as director of membership, and all of these experiences have supported my role as vice president of member relations. I think the most critical point in my career was the decision to leave Chicago, leave my family, leave my friends, to take this position at ASHP, which I viewed at the time as unknown and risky. But what has truly kept me at ASHP is a deep love and respect for the mission of the organization, the colleagues that I get to work with every day, and the members who we serve and who volunteer their efforts for the profession. So I will say it has been an amazing journey. That's fantastic. Okay. I love the fact that you love volunteering and that's what ASHP is all about. The next person would be Deepak. Hi, Audrey. Thanks so much for the invite. I'm really thrilled to be here on your podcast and having this discussion. I'm really excited to share my journey. It harkens in my mind a bit of the Tolkien novel, The Hobbit, an unexpected journey. So taking us back to when I was also in the Midwest, like Hannah, attending University of Michigan in the early 2000s, I graduated at a time in 2002, and there was a huge shortage of pharmacists across the nation. And graduating classes were getting a large demand to come work in immediate capacity. I felt that my desire was elsewhere and pursued the clinical path. So explored the residency path and eventually landed in the West Coast, which I'll come back to in a second. But essentially bucking that trend was kind of my first crossroad or aha moment of really following my heart in that moment, a bit of a gut instinct. I really many indicators said no, just go to practice right away. You'd be foolish to spend another year of training. But instead, something just felt right about pursuing higher degree of training. And I was fortunate enough to seek and land my residency at Stanford in the Bay Area under Sarah White. I'll come back to that later because that instilled some of the very early leadership seeds in my wee brain. Then I finished my residency and my first 10 years were a wide array of inpatient practices. I had the great fortune of being able to work in many capacities. My home, if you will, was general medicine. I spent most of my time there, but I had the great luxury of dabbling into other spaces, including infectious disease, which is my clinical interest specialty, if you will, but as well as the emergency department and cross-covering the cancer ward in oncology. And what that really shared was a great appreciation for other practices, but also helped me expand my network into other specialties where otherwise I wouldn't be so engaged or had the opportunity to come across them. So it kind of pushed me a little bit out of my comfort zone. So with that experience over the 10 years, had a really great journey in many practice settings. And then right about the 10-year mark, I had a very fortunate situation with new leadership at Stanford at the time. And one of the leaders, Arash Devastani, really brought forth a new model. And through several conversations, felt that I would be a potential fit for his new, new leadership team. That afforded me the opportunity to become a supervisor. And through conversations with Arash continuously, really opened my eyes in terms of leadership capabilities. And in addition to my ongoing journey at Stanford of going through the various rungs of a supervisor, manager, et cetera, I pursued a parallel path of further foundational learning where I went through the ASHB Pharmacy Leadership Academy, as well as pursued my master's and other 
other development programs at Stanford itself. So all in all, as I came to my 20-year conclusion at Stanford, I had a wide array of opportunities that came about often unexpected. And I was, though early instilled into it, but became very comfortable of exploring those opportunities. And that really, really strengthened this principle I believe in is that you don't turn down opportunities or at least explore every opportunity that comes across to you that may go against our common nature of pharmacists being very cautious at times, if you will. But the idea of taking chances, even with your own professional path, can really spark towards new arenas that you never would have thought possible. Which, And as a closing statement towards my journey, that transpired again in the past year, as I came across my 20-year mark at Stanford, something to those 10-year chapters of life, if you will. An opportunity arose here in Southern California, and it was just the right fit for both professional and personal interest to pursue another new journey. And again, uh, so in similar fashion here at UCLA over the past year, I'm really excited to be here. And the journey continues. Yes, the journey does continue. And Arpit, what was your journey like? Thank you, Audrey, and thank you for having me here. It's really great to hear Bip, Hannah, and Deepak and uh, sharing my journey. So I started my journey as a pharmacy technician when I had just come from India, maybe six months, a year after I had come here. I was starting my undergrad in Maryland and took my pharmacy technician position at Howard County General Hospital in, in Maryland and worked there for almost eight years throughout my undergrad in pharmacy school. At that point, I kind of knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. You know, pharmacy is very different in India. And I didn't know how the pharmacy was here. So I, I took the technician position and, and just started exploring different different opportunities within, within the hospital, within the healthcare system, really fell in love with pharmacy and truly was influenced by some of the, the director of pharmacy there, the mentors there, some of our pharmacists, residents, and really learned what the pharmacy in U.S. is and wanted to explore that. So uh, I went to pharmacy school and, um, you know, through ASSHP meetings and other leadership involvement at school, we had some of our um, practicing leaders essentially come visit and present, you know, different career opportunities. And one of the person that we had invited was Lindsay Kelly, who was a pharmacy leader at the time and uh, truly became a mentor of mine since then. <laughs> and uh, probably influenced my health system pharmacy administration career, I guess. And she has, she had gotten, gone that route. So post-pharmacy school, I ended up pursuing the HSPL residency in Pittsburgh at Allegheny Health Network. Uh, or back that it was West Penelope Health System before we merged with Highmark Health. And a lot of the mentors here, truly my RPDs, so Laura Mark, Matt Everts, and, and others truly influenced and really shaped my career uh, and who I am and from leadership skills to my competencies and, and everything that goes with it. And truly more so a, a sponsor than a mentor. So post-residency, I accepted pharmacy manager positions at different health systems. Uh, last, I was at Innova Health System in Virginia, worked there for a few years at Fairfax Hospital, and then also at the system level. And then Laura, in a true sponsor fashion, when she moved on to the vice president of pharmacy role, called and said, you know, really need you to come back to Pittsburgh and take on the director of pharmacy role at Allegheny General Hospital. And we talked through the details. I was like, okay, this makes sense. And it's a great career opportunity. And I think to Deepak's point, it, it kind of just fell, you know, it, it felt right. And it was it was an opportunity to come back home, I guess, to Pittsburgh, if, if you will, and start this new journey. So I've been here for a little over five years now and a lot more to do and a lot more to grow and learn, uh, of course, in my career journey. 
and uh, and that that's who I am. That's where we are today. Yeah, it sounds like you and Deepak have something in common. You guys both had mentors like Sarah White and Lindsay Kelly, who, uh, and hopefully someday you guys will also be mentors to other people who are interested in this field. So that's great. Thank you for sharing your journeys to where you are in your career today. I would now like to move to asking each of you a specific question about your own personal leadership experience. All of you bring such a wealth of knowledge and a slightly different role and journey to reach where you are today. So let's start with Deepak. You work in a large health system. Can you share your perspectives on how you have been successful in developing your teams and organization culture, as well as establishing yourself and achieving influence? Thanks, Audrey. Excellent question. And one I'll profess, there isn't a specific exact answer of perfect perfection. This is one that evolves with time. So I have a couple of thoughts on that. First and foremost, I would encourage, as one thinks about their organization and potential influence, I believe sincerely you have to start with who you are and what has meaning to you. So what are the leadership principles that you either embody or hope to instill upon others? And I'll acknowledge that our own leadership journeys will continue to evolve going forward. They aren't ever meant to be final and complete, but whenever it is in that static moment, have that understanding of who you are and what has meaning to you. That'll help shape your understanding of organizational culture and how you might be able to have influence. Towards that, I think of it in two different regards, Audrey. There's a bit of an external and internal. External would represent the organization around you, or in this case, pharmacy. What is that organization? And in my regard, I've had the opportunity of two distinct experiences, one growing up within and one entering in. In both regards, what is critical in that is what is the organization's desire of existence? That could be seen in a mission and vision statement, you know, words on paper or something that represents what the organization is or striving to be. Also culture, and culture isn't one that you can really tangibly grasp necessarily. It's one, a, a bit of a gut feel to it at times. But within that, if you can understand what is the organization in terms of the mission, vision, culture, hopefully, you know, a lot of that fits to your own personal principles and you have that alignment then you can move towards understanding the organization and how it works and not necessarily the operational aspects, more towards what moves the organization. And in that regard, I'm representing influence. Influence can be had at many levels. We think of it more natively at an organizational level, such as your CEO or COO, the C-suite, if you will, MD leadership with the key physicians. Absolutely, that is who and what to understand amongst the organization. Within that, I would also encourage know who you perceive to be influencers as well. So they may not be the ones with the names or titles necessarily, but as you get to work with teams and individuals, you'll get a sense of who might have the ability to be a close contact amongst your network and the organization to better understand it or to have influence going forward. Now to do so, again, this is all in the external realm, we have to be comfortable getting out of our comfort zone. That, naturally speaking, pharmacists are very comfortable within pharmacy. Seeking dialogue conversations with physicians, nurses, yeah, that's 
relatively pretty easily. But from an organizational level in health systems today, they span many other environments that we maybe not previously have had much exposure to. How do we engage with compliance, legal, or marketing, or strategic alliances, folks outside the organization that have potential influence? My point to that is really be comfortable with that notion that you'll probably step out of your comfort zone of the pharmacy to start those such engagements. My last comment, Audrey, would be more towards the internal lens of the pharmacy itself. Depending on your role, you may have the ability to lead a team and or have influence in those instances or situations. Seek to create and articulate a clear vision of where you want to go. Understand that to do so, you'll need structure and structure that represents what you maybe need for today, but also think about what you want to move towards in tomorrow and be patient with that. That takes time. It's worth the wait to get the right structure in place. And then ultimately, as you think of your team, really also think of team members that have both the ability, experience, if you will, but also their potential. Reminds me of the very famous Bo Schemblerker speech where he emphasized it's all about the team, the team, the team. My closing summative attempt at answering this, Audrey, would be overall for the ability to understand organizational culture and achieve influence. One has to stay curious, be willing to engage with most anyone and everyone, and stay nimble. That's great advice. Thank you, Deepak, for sharing the importance of aligning your values with that of the mission of the organization and building teams uh, based on trust and to reach your potential goal or mission. My next question is directed towards Arpit. You work in an organization that has very diverse patient care settings and locations, which I can imagine results in you having many different roles and responsibilities that are influenced by the needs of the particular site of care. Can you share how your role has evolved in your tenure at your organization and advice to others on being an effective leader as pharmacy and non-pharmacy opportunities have presented themselves to you? Thank you for the question, Audrey. You know, I'll say very similar to what Deepak said, it really is, you don't want to be bored, so to speak, in what you do, right? It's about uh, exploring different opportunities and seeking out opportunities to really put the face of pharmacy and really demonstrate what we can accomplish. I think it's very clear over the last few years, you know, some of the fortunate things, if you will, that came out of COVID is pharmacy is at the forefront at all the organizations. I think pharmacy has proved over and over again, demonstrated really, especially with COVID, how we can take charge, we can make a difference, we can vaccinate people, we can take care of the disease states and, and really lead those changes. And really as those opportunities become available, we really have the training. We're trained for it. We're built for it. We're resilient. We're ready to go. And really kind of embracing those opportunities with open arms and going for it. The way I generally think about it is really leadership is, is, is developing your toolkit and, you know, kind of being able to dip into your toolkit at any given point, no matter what you're leading, whether it be within the pharmacy or outside of the pharmacy organization, and really leveraging your strengths, knowing where your weaknesses are, your opportunities are, and kind of building that team around it. To Deepak's point, you know, it's all about the team. So having the team that's not similar to you, but really opposite or complementary to your strengths to, or to your opportunities, I think is the key in being successful. 
And again, no matter what role you're playing, it really helps you be successful if you know exactly what the vision is of the organization, what are the goals, what are we trying to accomplish. And again, I think Deepak alluded to this, it's really is really having that goal in mind and knowing what you're trying to accomplish and leading the team in that direction helps you be successful. Getting outside of your comfort zone is a good thing. And it's difficult as a pharmacist to, to deep exploit to, to do that because we're kind of creature of the habit. We are, you know, we're the safeguards in the healthcare system, so to speak. And getting out of our comfort zone, comfort zone makes us uncomfortable, but, but that's where the opportunity is. That's where we can shine and we can demonstrate, we can show, we can prove our value. So I say it's a, I embrace it with, uh, you know, open arms and uh, I encourage everybody to, to kind of go out of that comfort zone and take on those opportunities that are non-pharmacy facing and, and prove, so to speak, that we, we're ready and we, we can take on these challenges and we can make a difference in patient care. Okay. Thank you, Arpit. As we know, opportunity wastes no time with those who are unprepared. And it sounds like with the right team, you'll always be prepared. As they say, good luck, good fortune. It's when preparation meets opportunity. And so if you have a good team behind your back, I'm sure you'll achieve all your missions and your goals. I would now like to move on to Hannah. As a long-term leader with ASHP and having worked with leaders across the nation with ASHP, state affiliates, health systems, other associations, and large initiatives, what advice do you have for peers when making decisions about work opportunities, building professional networks, and finding balance in life? I have a few things to share, and some of them have already been touched on already, but I think it's good to reinforce them. I think it's so important to do a self-reflection and to be honest in where your true interests lie. So my advice is don't chase a title or a career path because of what others might think. And I think earlier in the podcast, Deepak talked about what the environment was like when he graduated. And I wrote down some things he said. He's like, I bucked the trend. I followed my heart. I followed my gut instinct. And I think that's the right thing to do. I have a, a kind of similar story. When I graduated, I actually chose to, I'm dating myself, but when I went, started going through pharmacy school, getting a PharmD wasn't required. And I actually tracked into the PharmD curriculum. And that was definitely bucking a trend because there was a shortage at the time as well. And then after that, I decided to go on and pursue a clinical residency. And not a lot of people had done residencies at the time, only about 10% of the practitioners. So I felt that I had branded myself as a clinician. And then I made this complete, total different change of career pathway into association. So to me, it was it was very risky. It was going away from the safe. It was going away from the known and also going away from that initial branding I had made earlier in my career. But I just knew I couldn't say no to this opportunity at ASHP because I knew, I just knew that my interests were in organizational management and volunteerism. So had I listened to others, I don't think I would have taken the risk that I did to leave practice to come to ASHP, but I was choosing myself. So I just want, you know, say to people, take the time to reflect on what really excites you and stick to that. Because I think, you know, you know, in your gut, but you have to take the time to, you know, reflect on that and to commit to doing that rather than following the trend. Right. So 
you had also asked me about building professional networks. And I advise people to create your own network based on real connections and real interests. And I think that people can tell when you meet them, um, when you share genuine interests or if you're simply working in a room. I, I call I call it people collecting. Uh, you know, is this person collecting people or are they being genuine in their discussions? I think the value of your network should be based on quality and not on quantity. Um, I once overheard this faculty member talking to a student, his student, and he said, you know what, if not enough, if you know this person's name, this person should also remember you because you shared something with that person that was really memorable. And I thought that was really good advice. So when I meet people, I try to have a shared experience, something that's memorable, something that's genuine rather than just an exchange of, you know, your name and where you work or something like that. So you had also asked to touch on the balance of work and new opportunities and life. And I say, challenge your hesitations and fears when you're evaluating new opportunities. You know, as a pharmacist, I often go into risk management, right? That's just my natural, my natural state. And then I identify the barriers. But what I've learned um, over time is that barriers are often just myths. And having a network of people of varying age groups and experiences can be really, really helpful in myth busting. That was a piece of advice that somebody, a colleague of mine at ASHP shared, particularly when I was having starting my family. They're like, make sure you make friends with people who are older than you, who have kids who are older than you. Don't just stick to people who have kids the same age, but that goes to your professional life as well. So when I got married and I had my first child, I honestly thought I had to leave ASHP because I had a job that required me to travel quite a bit and it brought me a lot of anxiety. I'm so glad that I reached out to my network of myth busters to talk about all these things. I did have some great advice. So some people said, you know what, don't don't make any large life decisions for six months after you had this this baby. And I don't think there was anything magical to six, you know, to six months, except for it gave me some time where I felt like I didn't have to make a quick decision. And and so I really took the time to evaluate whether whether I could or should continue traveling at this time. You know, I remember talking to another person about it, this person in my network, and they said, gosh, it sounds like you're running away from a fear rather running to a job that you would love more. And that really stuck with me because it was it was true. It was it's really hard to find a job I love more. And I was absolutely running away from a perceived fear. So you know I often hear people, I often hear women, new moms, I'll just give you some examples of people that I've talked with over time that have said, I just don't think I can take that next step in leadership because I don't think I can manage it all. I think that's a very common fear that people have. But I think sometimes that next step in leadership can put you more in control of your schedule, which is a happy circumstance when you find out you take it on more responsibility. But oh my gosh, I I actually have a little bit more locus of control. Um, It can at times provide you with more flexibility than you ever knew. So I say don't be afraid or doubt yourself at any new opportunities and like 
self-select yourself out of the game. I say evaluate opportunities, not out of fear, but with an optimistic, enthusiastic perspective. And I think both ARPIT and Deepak have talked about that as taking those risks and being true to yourself. And I think those have borne out really well, it sounds like, for all of us, which is great. Yeah, it goes along with what Socrates once said, know thyself, right? If you know yourself, then you know uh, you'll be true to yourself and you'll focus on uh, what is most important to you. And I also love the fact that you did the myth busting because one person said that fear is from white, from what might be, which hasn't happened yet. And regret and sadness comes from what might have been, which is not necessarily what would have been. So I feel like the journey that takes us, we are where we are supposed to be. And so I think that's great. That's very uh, introspective of you that the fear is only in your head. (laughs) All right. So thank you for sharing your experiences. And the last question for our podcast today is one that I would like to ask each of you to answer. This question is to have your thoughts uh, about the future. So what is your leadership imperative for pharmacy practice and our profession? And we're going to start with Arpit, then Hannah, then Deepak. Thank you, Audrey. I think the the future is very exciting. I think healthcare is evolving at you know much faster pace. We have a lot of automation that's uh, being introduced. You know, in the in healthcare in general, but pharmacy in specifically. You know, everybody's kind of on the journey of modernization of pharmacy, so to speak. And how do we leverage automation to you know free up our pharmacists, our technicians, and our workforce in general to to function at the top of their license, so to speak. And and I think it, it will it will be challenging. It will have its the moments of celebration and moments of greatness, and and with it will be tons of work and challenges and opportunities that will go with it. And I think some of the you know leadership imperatives is really kind of being present, being genuine for your team, listening, understanding what's happening. I think Deepak mentioned this earlier, but being nimble to the fast-paced changing environment in the healthcare and just navigating the the challenges of even the multi-generational workforce. And I know we are working through some of those challenges here in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure every hospital is across the country. I think our uh, our newer generational workforce is putting us through a you know new set of training that uh, we have not experienced before, and and understanding and realizing what the expectations are, how the directness of the employees to the expectation and the demand, so to speak, and just working through navigating through those things is, is will be a key as we continue to advance our profession. And Hannah. The tough one. What is a leadership imperative? It seems like such a big weighty question. <laughs> You know, reflecting on the environment now in terms of a leadership imperative, I, you know, I just personally would like to continue to like to inspire and motivate others to join us in this pharmacy profession. I love our profession and I really want to be focused on our future pipeline. So I try to keep this top of mind. Like when I'm talking, my daughters are in high school now, so I don't talk at their, they have a health occupations club. So I want to, I want to go and talk about pharmacy and I hope that they can see how much I love this profession. Um, And I think I feel really excited for the opportunity to be working at ASHP to create resources to help other, you know, members also go and help recruit pharmacists, pharmacy technicians into our profession. 
and from an ASHP perspective to advocate with stakeholders about the pharmacy pipeline. I think that's a really great opportunity and something I feel very strongly about. I also think there's a leadership period. It's so important to continue to cultivate a leadership character and a leadership mentality. So this is something we talk about a lot with my colleagues. We have a lot of learners at ASHP, a lot of student learners and residents. We talk about that. And I talk about that with my friends and my mentors, my mentees. I think it's important to understand proper leadership behaviors, ways to have resilience. It goes along too with the the leadership or the pharmacy pipeline as well. I think it's not enough just to have a, a pipeline. We have to keep working on their next generation of leaders too. And then another leadership imperative for practice in our profession, for just from the ASHP angle. You know, there's a lot of things that ASHP offers that can be a commodity, like CE. You can go anywhere and get CE. I think what makes us so unique, but also what is our strength, our, our leveraging strength is the facilitation of connections. That's what personalizes an organization and makes it feel like one that you're part of. And so for me, like my personal imperative, I'm always going to take my position at ASHP as one of facilitating connections for people. There's nothing that makes me happier when I see on social media that people have made the best of friends through their work with ASHP. I think that is just so heartwarming, lifelong friends through, through this organization. I want to do more of that. And I we also love to showcase the talents of our members. I think that's really important too. So that's another leadership imperative I see just for this organization as a whole to personalize it, to humanize it, make it feel like that membership home beyond just a place where you can go for CE or something like that. Last but not least, Deepak. Thanks, Audrey. I consider myself very fortunate to have such great esteemed colleagues doing this podcast together today, I can only really just build upon their comments, maybe underline a few notes here or there. Towards the thoughts of the future, oh boy, yeah, really interesting time we live in. And I'm gonna really emphasize what our pit was indicating earlier. I think the world we are currently experiencing is growing at a pace, growing and changing at a pace that we've never felt before. And that will only continue to go faster going forward. So how do we stay nimble again towards those advancements and adapt that for practice that affords our ability to rise to the cause? My slight trepidation in the pace that we're moving at, I don't think we're really adapting well enough in practice to meet that pace. Automation is maybe further behind in pharmacy than even the grocery industry or God forbid Amazon, but it will catch up. And that future day will soon be here of where automation handles the physical manipulations of medications. What then? So how do we as leaders continue to stay aware and also setting that future direction? And this is where I'll now underline Hannah's great point earlier of myth busting. The common perception of pharmacy is we are the, you know, the silent saviors working in the background. We take care. We are the patient safety net, right, as our pit mentioned. We will save the day, which is absolutely the case, but we often do so in a silent fashion. How do we change our general presence and voice to be more commanding and leading towards change going forward? And we're absolutely capable of that. 
So I will close with that note of how do we stay aware and nimble for advancements in practice? And also how do we stay ahead of it? Which I'll close with another sports analogy of sorts. It harkens a famous Wayne Gretzky, one of the all-time greatest, if not the greatest hockey players. He had a saying, like he, he skates to where the puck is going to be. So think about that. It's not where the puck is, it's where the puck is going to be. Our challenge in pharmacy is where are we going to be and how do we start moving there faster? Let's not react to where we are today. Let's think about tomorrow. Great. And that actually reminds me of something else that I remember. It said something to the fact of the best way to predict the future is to create it. So with that said, that is all the time we have today. I want to thank Hannah, Deepak, and Arpit for joining us today and sharing their pearls of wisdom and how to adapt to an ever-changing environment, stepping out of your comfort zone, and developing teams and leaders on their journey or path to success. Thank you to our guest for the leadership and service you have provided for our profession. You can find more member exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises, teams, and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official. Thank you.